Welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David. This is Day of Saturn and uh, I want to start something new today and it's kind of my hope that it can provide hope out there uh, because where I see us as being as a global community is between two worlds. The old world and the brave new world and those that were comfortable in the old world really, 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 really do not want to transition over into the brave new world because they don't understand it. They're losing power and they're very afraid of the brave new world. Um, kind of what's going on now, I see as uh, me, my personal life in 2012. Uh, the old me had a evangelical, evangelical Christian background. I grew up Pentecostal, charismatic. And uh, by 2012, I had rolled around into embracing five-point Calvinism, um, which that's like going from one, one side of the polarity to the other side. Um, from mysticism... I don't even know if I should call it that. We'll call it charismatic Christianity that focused on the charismata or the spiritual gifts. <laughs> it's funny, I just had come to mind my mystical experience that happened within Pentecostalism. So I can't really say I'm not a Pentecostal or I'm not a Calvinist or I'm not a Christian. I can't, I can't say any of those things standing where I am today. But back then, I had a really powerful experience with glossolalia. Me, this was before my Calvinist days. I was really pushing into Pentecostalism and the spiritual gifts. I had an experience where um, it was, I was not awake, but I was not asleep. I was looking up from my bed, kind of in that hypnagogic or whatever they, they call it state. I couldn't move. But I was speaking in tongues. Now, for me to speak in tongues, look, that would never happen in church, which I went to at the time. It just, that's not, I wouldn't make eye contact with the worst part was having to shake hands and greet everybody. These things, that would just not for me. Very reserved, you know, triple Capricorn. Uh, that that warm, that it's not me. Um, and it took a long time to realize that. So th this happened when I was asleep. Kind of makes sense. Uh, that's the way it emerged into, you know, the material realm. <laughs> in this way, I had to be unconscious. So I woke up in this hypnagogic state, speaking in tongues, and looking up at this vision of what I supposed was Christ on a throne crowned and just kind of sitting there up there above my bed you know just sitting there on the throne with his crown maybe he had a scepter and uh, I became conscious of the fact that I was speaking in tongues and as I was speaking in tongues Kind of my eyebrow <laughs> raised as me consciously 
and part of my mind saying, this is extraordinarily unusual. I am speaking in tongues. Looking at this vision of Christ crowned and on a throne, and at the same time, even though my visual focus was on Christ throned, I was aware that to, to my left, uh, the left side of the bed in the room with me was an incredibly evil presence that gives me chills just thinking about it. Very visceral presence of evil. And I slowly come fully to conscious, full wakingness. The vision dissipates, but I'm still speaking in tongues. And uh, I even think about grabbing the voice recorder that I had next to my bed and recording it. Back then, 2012, we didn't all have iPhones with the voice recorder app. Um, was it 2012? Somewhere, probably 2010, 2011. I'm not exactly sure. I could look it up, but whatever. Uh, it would be interesting to look up the astrology chart of that night, which the good thing about Facebook is everything that crosses my mind I put there, especially dreams and experiences like this. So I have a wonderful reference in Facebook. And I can look it up, boom, like that. Just punch in the date, look up the post. So anyway, uh, that's been really inciting, uh, profound to see the astrology charts of some of the times that I was visited by these mystical experiences. Uh, but I digress. Uh, eventually, after all the dark night of the soul stuff, in the midst of all that, really the underlying current driving me was anger. Um, that giving me the courage to push into the mysteries like nobody's business. Uh, the reason most people don't get involved with this stuff is it's too spooky. But I had that driving force of all those things that had happened to me uh, in 2012 that I was very angry about. And I wanted answers. I said, all this is bullshit and meaningless. What is real? <clears throat> and that's what started me on my journey. And starting with this book... Um, was one of the first things I did. I started in lots of places with lots of different things. Um, it's kind of like the AA curriculum. They give you a year to just look into whatever you want to, whatever your fancy is. What is that saying to, uh, to run after your whatever? I forget what that saying is, but that's essentially what I did. And, uh, I went from working with the Themis meditation in this book and learning the pentagram ritual, memorizing it, learning the middle pillar ritual, memorizing it, and beginning to have mystical experiences within those rituals, having hardcore mystical experiences as a result. Something came online and began to alter things in major ways. I'd go to sleep at night and have incredible dreams about um, fiery global catastrophes and at the same time 
watery global catastrophes both converging on a single point which was me where I was standing and uh, terrifying terrifying looking back on all that but I hadn't didn't have a clue what any of that meant at the time now um, all of this stuff you know in when I first picked up the material I was like, what the hell is this? Hebrew alphabet, you know, the zodiac signs and like these mineral and herbal things. Like, what is all of these? All these symbols, elemental symbols. What is it? What is all this? What are all these pagan pantheons? I'm not entirely comfortable with this. And I just don't get it. Uh, nevertheless, I went from the that work, preliminary foundational work, into the Trithemian work. And who inspired me to that were two magicians, Rufus Opus and Frater Ashen Chasson. And I really loved hearing their old interviews. And um, I went for it. I started building the circle, the wand, the lamans, everything I would need for full-on spirit conjuration and planetary initiation and I spent a long time looking at it after I've made it and furthering intellectual pursuits before I actually ever had the courage to step in the circle and meanwhile I was having all of these intensifying mystical experiences still keeping up with the pentagram ritual and the middle pillar ritual and then finally uh, stepping into the circle and as a result absolutely having my socks blown off horrifying terrifying spirit showed up uh, not pleasant at all <laughs> most horrifying experience I've ever had absolutely ruined all of the horror genre nothing scary in that vein uh, in light of my own experience the night of July 15, 2016. So how do I understand it now? I understand it in a much deeper way. And um, when the Golden Dawn uses the term evil persona, I look back not only at the night of July 15, 2016, but also way back to 2010, 2011, or wherever it was, the night that I had my first Pentecostal experience in which Pentecostal theological terms they would point to um, Pentecost uh, the falling of the fire of the Holy Spirit that's exactly I woke up I, I couldn't believe it was actually happening the mis I said what is this I just could not believe it. I couldn't wrap my head around having a mystical experience because it seemed so ordinary, yet impossible. That I was looking at Jesus. It's almost like cartoonish. Like, I didn't, what is this? Like, how do I even uh, integrate this into my, my waking life? Uh, and it only intensified from that point the, with mystical experience all throughout the planetary initiations kelly was there in the office of my seer meaning that she is absolutely 100 percent psychic 
that is proven to me a hundred times over um, through our relationship a hundred times over and the thing is we've never focused because I've been afraid to honestly uh, but nevertheless she was my eyes through those planetary initiations and although she didn't understand a lot of it it was my job to act as Sherlock Holmes and integrate all of the visions she would have I felt like they were my visions because they were for me they were visions that I would understand symbolically having worked with this material but it, it the meaning you know it's not just like reading a book of conceptual knowledge oh this is the meaning that's not how mystical experiences work um, it's a slow understanding that grows and continues to grow and it's how initiation is described it's stepping into an inner circle and your understanding only grows and grows and grows and encompasses more um, so that's when I see very dualistic people in the spirituality movement I know they've never touched on the the reality uh, Crowley wrote something something brilliant and I read it somewhere could it have been here let me see if I can put my hands on it uh, the gist of it was that when this happens the magician rises above the Ruach gets freedom from the Ruach rises above this mind prison of contradicting ideologies to something above that a greater reality which once you hit that shows everything below it to be not truth and so that's why we have these emerging announcements creeds do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law or nothing is true everything is permitted what those are trying to get at creedily and it'll never work because uh, <laughs> they're so misunderstood they're only understood by the intellect as concepts and the only <laughs> they can't understand it in that way I can't count the number of times I've heard the Lemites wrongly conversate on what the true will is uh, which is amazing to me but not that amazing because I was there myself and that is largely why I deleted a large portion most everything of Charm of the Water even though it's still out there because in the midst of all those initiations I was having uh, I didn't understand it it was just like being immersed into I don't know what and it is terrifying at first and it the only mentor I had were the crew working on the other side I don't know exactly how to uh, 
lend understanding to that. But um, I guess we could call it the astral. Um, they're very much were beings there working alongside me <laughs> in my magic. Uh, they were the inner circle who that's what I was asking for with planetary initiation with the trithemian system going to these spheres and asking you know hey will you show me what you are what is real what the hell is going on here <laughs> why am I here uh, what is it all about and when you visit each of those spheres you get a little bit more of the picture and I had tremendous experiences uh, figures emerged from each one of my initiations that I stood face to face with that told me incredible things that uh, play on my mind every single day and that give me strength and not only strength patience understanding calmness um, understanding that when I die that's not it far from it it would almost be absurd if it was this life is so short <laughs> it's almost comical this life is so short uh, there too in those initiations was the knowledge of previous lifetimes and that's extraordinarily common for the mystic to reveal for themselves our past lives and um, those past lives can be not simply within this material realm past lives in the astral realm can be remembered probably the most common that everybody would have some conception of and that I think we're poised to believe in we want to believe in is the life of a hungry ghost so it's my understanding that one can be incarnated as a hungry ghost on the astral living out a life dying incarnating elsewhere or not and there's not just those two realms the material realm and the astral realm those are very low down on, on the tree uh, through the initiations you begin to explore by your own will different realms and if I see somebody talking about all of this claiming to be an occult figure this that and all they can talk about is conceptual stuff is book stuff is technical stuff is dualistic stuff us versus them type of mentality I know very well they've never gotten out of the Ruach they've never risen above that very first thing so these conversations around transcendency and 
non-transcendency, the issue there. Number one, it's dualistic and shows that you've never touched on anything greater outside of conceptual knowledge. That's how bad off it is here on this planet. Everybody's stuck there, imprisoned in that realm of mind. And it's a pretty bad situation. You can see uh, within your nation's politics and within geopolitical stuff what that leads to. Um, the belief that there is truth in conceptual knowledge and once it's acquired, everyone on the polar opposite side of that truth uh, is wrong and should be killed. <laughs> Oh, Lord, don't get me into this. All right, let's reel it in a bit. Reel it in. And uh, like Red Green, um, what's he saying? Uh, remember, we're all in this together, and I'm pulling for you. Something like that. Maybe I'm pulling for you. Remember, we're all in this together. I think that's it, the latter. Uh, but anyway, all right, all right. Uh, so the new thing we're starting now, now that I've gone over kind of a uh, introduction to what it's all about, I want to go back to this book, tell you what the practice is. I'm going to work through the entire book this time. Uh, now that it means so much incredibly more to me and the symbolism, and I do understand what the pagan pantheons, the god forms, I understand so much more <laughs> that I didn't when I was simply stuck in conceptual knowledge of, you know, there's this god and the, this true god over here, and then there's that. You know, oh, it's just such a night and day type of thing. But one of the first things I started on, uh, it's in the very first part of the book, you get some initial practices like working with astral substance, and dissolving astral substance, forming and dissolving thought form. Um, what else? Uh, it, it, it's in the introduction. It's uh, an introduction to the god form of Tame or Themis. And I didn't catch this back in 2000, whatever. Uh, but she is uh, essential this is purpose to building up a conversation with, I guess Jungians would say, the subconscious. Um, this is building an initial communication system. Okay, so it's essential stuff. And um, I remember the very first time I practiced this, where did that go? Okay. Uh, I was in the bell tower of a church in West Asheville, Baptist church, and I was in the darkness in the bell tower, and I was sitting in lotus position. I was burning frankincense incense, and I was imagining myself in this, um, uh, what is the purple? Indigo. Indigo ovoid aura, almost like my own little spaceship that I'm within. And I imagined before me, well, 
I don't know if I imagined it or it just unraveled. I don't quite remember now. I probably have this written down somewhere that I would remember a lot of stuff that I don't now. But this temple setting kind of showed itself before me. And it tells you how to visualize the goddess Tame in this. But this was back when you know I'm just starting visualization stuff. It's not very strong with me. It's still not. Because uh, it's something I'm not focused on. I've relied for, on Kelly to see everything for me. But now I have a real interest in developing my own uh, skill set there. As well as further developing hers. I don't know if she'll go for it or not. But um, she just had something incredibly psychic happen today. Uh, which was when I was thinking about these things. And just a synchronicity of, you know, the inner circle saying, we hear your thoughts <laughs> and giving her something pretty incredible. I don't want to go into the details. But anyway, the first time I sat down to do this back in 2011-ish, we'll say, 10, 11, in that Baptist church bell tower, what I saw were two eyes and they looked like the eyes of Link from The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. That's a very cartoony aesthetic for Zelda. But the eyes looked like that, meaning they were like almond shaped. And the pupils for Link in that game freaked me out. And that's what I saw. It freaked me out. And I was like, oh, man. Like, that's all I saw. Just two kind of cartoon eyes. Let me see if I can find a good example. You can see the almond-shaped eyes. And that's all I saw. Just eyes like that. And then in the coming days and weeks, I got better. And I don't remember exactly how it happened. But the um, image I got was of a woman who somehow I stumbled across an image that looked very similar to how I perceived Themis. Uh, it was a painting by, what is his name? John William Godward who is a neoclassicist painter and painted a lot of striking images of women. And uh, this one is Le Oracle de Delphis, the Oracle at Delphi. This right here is how I perceived Themis. You can see the very dark face. And she's sitting on, if this were a little brighter, you could see that she's uh, sitting over a pit. She's sitting on this platform, like altar chair thing. And fumes are rising up from the pit around her. It's really a striking painting. 
so that's Themis for me. And uh, I'll read you what the Ciceros say. I'm not going to read this entire thing. Um, the next series of meditations is designed to open a working dialogue between the aspiring student and the archetypal part of the candidate's mind symbolized by the god form of Tame. The Greek form of this deity is Themis, and in the Egyptian pantheon, she is Meet or Mat. This god form will act as the candidate's introducer and guide throughout all of his, her initiatory experiences in this course. Here, Tame acts as a portion of the candidate's own higher self, which conducts him, her, along the initiatory path towards the eventual goal of full conversation with the holy guardian angel. It is important that the aspirant establish a firm link of communication with Tame before the act of self-initiation. Yeah, I kind of missed that the first time. <laughs> I might not have had so much confusion uh, and fear. Probably would have anyway. I don't know. It's all pretty weird stuff. But uh, incredibly, I mean, nobody would nobody would believe it. That I, that's why it's an inner circle. Um, and I have to admit that even though I very much am a solitary practitioner, the thought of, of finding other people that understood the things that I have come to understand through initiation, that would be pretty fantastic, which right now I can only do that really in a very limited way, mostly through books and small social media conversations, emails, etc. Uh, but to think about having a group of people like that that understood and participating in ritual like the Golden Dawn has set up, uh, that would be incredible. But... Uh, For now, what I want to focus on and what I mentioned in the last show is that I've been really, 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 really interested in the neophyte ceremony. So um, this is what this practice will build up to. And because it is self-initiation, there's a practice in this book called bringing down the light. And this this practice fills a specific purpose in that uh, it's designed as a adaption for um, solitary practice. So it's important, I think, to include in with the early practices. Before you learn the... Um, pentagram ritual, before you learn the middle pillar ritual, before you learn the hexagram rituals or anything else. Um, I think number one, drawing down the light and followed by pentagram and middle pill pillar ritual. Um, as you go into perhaps exploration of Crowley 
and the AA's um, coursework on pranayama and asana um, and awareness of uh, the chakras and stuff uh, and all of the kundalini things uh, the middle pillar you'll draw a lot more from once you have a kind of overview conceptually of how all these things come together uh, as experienced by the mystic not just limited to the realm of the ruach um, conceptualized understanding because i'm telling you it's not there <laughs> Okay, we're 34 minutes in. So here, uh, I am going to stop and I'm going to go do uh, this very early practice with Themis. We're going to do this for a month. The point of this is, again, to build up a line of communication. So I think having been through the things I've been through, this might get really interesting really quickly. Now that I'm focusing... Um, all my intention on one endeavor. So we're going to do this for a month, this uh, Themis meditation. And so I plan to come here every day and uh, tell you how it went. Mm -hmm.